This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com Good morning. Happy Friday. It's the 20th day of October 2023. It is really a lovely time of year to be listening to Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel Live Talk Radio the way it should be. Why is it so lovely? Well, it's the time of year. It's my favorite time of year. I'm actually sitting outside this morning at RTF South, which is a cabin just south of uh, the heart of America that I get to go to once or twice a year. And I'm sitting outside right now, sipping coffee, looking at the turning of the leaves, and thinking to myself, this is Around the World Friday. And I'm so honored to share this moment with you. Mike Parrott here, host of Parrot Talk, every single day, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio, the way it should be. If you would like to email me, you can. You can send something out to restoringthefaithmedia at gmail.com. As a general reminder, I'm a big fan of the Founders Trading Post, huge fan, shop.mikechurch.com, for all your daily needs. Final daily reminder, um, in case I haven't reminded you of this lately, we have been paying for an Iron Dome in another country, but we don't have one in this country. Just so we are all very clear, Israel's Iron Dome which is being overstretched to its limits, they say, thank you, Bloomberg, uh, is funded by the United States of America. And yet, uh, well, the crazy North Koreans can hit Los Angeles or Seattle, maybe Denver, if they wanted to. We have other enemies, the Russians, who could hit the East Coast or the West Coast or, heck, even Kansas City. If they wanted to, and we have no Iron Dome over these United States because, well, we invested in the Iron Dome over Israel. Uh, Let's see, the Iron Dome, uh, just a note on it, it relies on sufficient stocks of interceptor missiles and can be overrun if the incoming assaults are large enough. It's a U.S.-backed system of interconnected radar and mobile missile batteries designed to shoot down rockets, missiles, and mortars that could hit Israel population centers or important infrastructure. It has been lauded for reaching a 90% interception rate in the past attacks. It's going to be stretched to its limits, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe we should build a secondary iron dome. Like, maybe we should put a dome above the dome. And if the first dome fails, then the second dome kicks in. I don't know. I'm just trying to think outside the box here on how to keep the Jews safe. It's really just not their fault. Uh, It's not their fault that people hate them. Okay, so uh, we want to go around the world. Let's go to Argentina. I think I brought to you Tucker's interview, part of Tucker's interview, with this uh, pretty far-right... not as far right as you and I, but uh, that's okay. We'll take it. Pretty far right Argentinian politician who looks like he'll be waltzing into their equivalent of the White House. They are voting, I think, this weekend. So here we go. This is our last broadcast before we find out. Argentina is the region's number two economy besides Brazil. 
It's voting in the presidential elections on Sunday, which I already hate the fact that they vote on Sunday. You shouldn't have to vote on a Sunday. That's very Freemasonic to begin with. Maybe he'll change that. Libertarian Javier Milei. I like how they call him a libertarian. He's really not. Uh, he is in the poll position to win, though he may face a second round runoff. The, he's described as a wild-haired, chainsaw-wielding economist who has risen from relative obscurity over the past year, and he is uh, at the top of the open primary and leads all opinion polls ahead of uh, economy minister Sergio Massa and conservative Pat Patricia Bullrich. Millet is 52 years old. He's a poster child of, uh, well, I guess Argentina's anger. Their anger at the inflation, which is at 200%, 200% this year, which actually that's our inflation number two. They just lie to you and don't tell you the truth. We have a 200% inflation. Just go. Uh, that's easy to prove. How much was milk two years ago? It was three bucks. How much is it now? It's six bucks. Okay, it's 200% inflation. Like, how is this hard for people to understand? Rising poverty levels and a sliding peso currency that erases the real world value of people's salaries and savings. Oh, interesting. A sliding currency. Hmm. What would that be like? What would it be like, ladies and gentlemen, to have a currency that's just sliding into obscurity? slowly but surely being forgotten by the rest of the world, not taken seriously, no longer backed by gold, no longer the reserve currency of the world, no longer the petro currency of the Middle East. What would that be like? Gee whiz, that would be scary. I don't think we could survive that. Quote, I'm not interested in politics, but Millet is a clean slate. He may be crazy, but at least he says what he thinks said Sebastian Piso, 33, a restaurant employee in Buenos Aires. This vote marks a major crossroads for Argentina, one of the world's top grain and exporters of other foodstuffs, number four producer of electric battery metal lithium, and a growing shale oil gas play that has been luring investment and interest from Asia to Europe. I'm telling you, if he wins, I might move there. RTF South might have to move even further south towards the ice wall ladies and gentlemen country is also the largest by far debtor to the imf it has 44 billion dollars owed to the imf as well as huge international debts with bondholders and a large currency swap line with china imagine that hold on a second wait let's describe the situation in argentina it's a large economy they have the stuff that people want, i.e. the batteries and the grains. So the IMF put them into a spiral of debt. Billions, tens of billions in debt. Thank you, IMF, to bail them out. And suddenly, because they have the, the IMF loans, perhaps, they have 200% inflation. Gee whiz, how did that happen in such an amazingly beautiful country? Seriously, though, I'm, not, I'm actually taking the tongue out of the cheek here for a moment. Argentina is a beautiful country, and it is one of those places where you can see the splendor of truth, the splendor of the Catholic faith, which reigned supreme at one time, intermixed with sort of the, the dreary simplicity of concrete and communism. If you go to Buenos Aires, which I hope to do soon, 
especially if Malay wins, you will be seen. You you will you will see the spectacle of Baroque and Romantic art and architecture juxtaposed against communist concrete. Now, um, it is interesting to me that we are looking at really a microcosm of what could happen in the United States of America, sort of a small version of what happened in 2016, to be honest. Populist uprising after a whole bunch of debt and worries about the currency. But that's not really what catapulted Donald Trump to the top in 2016. It may be what catapults him to the top in the next round of uh, selections in 2024. It could be. But look at what a people does, what a people do. Look at what happens to a people who are saddled by debt, trapped in a usury cycle, have a failing currency, high unemployment, high inflation, low, low job prospects, and they can see the crumbling infrastructure around them. They can see it visually. The people, have, the people get tired of it and they have enough. And they either vote hard left or hard right. This is sort of the story of what happens in most places in the world. Hard left, hard right, uh, strong man one way or the other, um, somebody who is going to solve our problems. And this is, I think, what we're going to see in the United States very soon as well. People are going to wake up, they're going to be angry. They're going to be angry and they're going to want blood. And you're already seeing it in the polls I was telling you about the other day. 41% of Trump voters want blood. 38% of Biden voters want blood. They don't care about democracy anymore. They're done with the quote-unquote American values and the quote-unquote temple of democracy, the U.S. Capitol building, which I guess has been overrun by Palestinians and nobody gets to talk about it. I'll give you my take on that here in a little bit. Um, my point is that I suspect that there may be an opening just like there appears to be an opening in Argentina for someone who, for Argentinian standards, is hard right. I mean, he'd be great. He'd be fine in the United States. He would be basically Trump. He'd be, well, he'd be a little bit better than Trump, to be honest. At least he's promising to shut down all these woke government agencies. Trump expanded the government, expanded spending. At least Malay appears to be saying the right things. We'll see how he rules, how he governs. So he may be actually a little bit better than Trump. And I don't know, for all I know, possibly he is a true outsider. I don't know how, fix, how, how fixed the elections are down in Argentina relative to the United States of America, usury, sodomy, and abortion. But there may be a similar opening in the United States in the, uh, in the near term. The question is, who do we got? Who is out there? Is there anybody out there who is actually calling for Milstonia besides yours truly? I can think of none. I can think of none. You know, uh, one of the downfalls of being at RTF South, if I can point out just one deficiency of living out here, watching the squirrels in the morning, the leaves turn, 
being with you fine people is that my hot bean juice is not a premium blend from shop.mikechurch.com. It's just not. I get what I get down here. I get the I get the Folgers bean juice or whatever it is that is here. It's a sad thing. I really should pack better. But you don't have to suffer that. You, in your home, in the comfort of your home, you can go to shop.mikechurch.com and you can check out the premium blends. He's got three or four or five in there. Maybe more. That are worth your consideration. Why are you buying coffee elsewhere? You shouldn't do it. It's getting to the point now where if you listen to Paratalk, it's becoming a venial sin for you to buy coffee elsewhere. Go to shop.mikechurch.com. Check it out. Um, where shall we go next? Why don't we go to the United States Capitol building, which is not even a link that you can click on Drudge Report. That's how, that's how non-reported it is. You had pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian spectacle happen in the United States Temple of Democracy. And it's intentionally being suppressed to piss you off. It's intentional, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I, th- there's more. There's more intention- intentionality to this that I need to unpack with you. Because here's the thing. I'm going to have to speak a hard truth to you. I know, I know it's early. I know you're drinking your hot bean water and you think that I don't know that you're doing that because you didn't go to shop.mikechurch.com. You didn't buy the premium coffee. It's fine. Listen, it's fine. But now you're just going to have to face the music. And here it is. Neither the J6 event nor the Hamas event were insurrections. Neither one was an insurrection. Here's what they want you to believe. They want you to fall into this false dichotomy, this Hegelian dialectic, this what's fair is fair, eye for an eye, toe for a toe, protest for a protest, insurrection for an insurrection. That's what they want you to fall into. They want you condemning the people who overran the Capitol building this week. They want you calling for secret jailings, surveillance of all of them, held without uh, bond, bail, without charge. They want you asking the banks to look into who swiped their debit card in the Capitol area over this past week. They want you snitching on who you think was there. They want the surveillance state using facial recognition to figure out who was in there. They want you calling for all the tools of tyranny to be wielded against your political enemies. That's precisely what they want you to do. Their goal, their mission is to present to you a really low-budget alternative to January 6th so that you can say eye for an eye, toe for a toe, insurrection for an insurrection, and call call it an insurrection. It's not. It is not an insurrection. The regime 
was not threatened by the Hamas thugs that were chanting inside the Capitol building this week. The regime, trust me, was impervious to that fact. In fact, the regime was strengthened by it. An actual insurrection has a legitimate shot of winning, of working, of taking power, of dethroning the regime. This was not that, nor was January 6th an insurrection. January 6th had no chance of having any outcome on the trajectory of the regime. The regime loved January 6th. The regime plotted January 6th. They were part of it. They were inside January 6th. We know this. It's fact. I sincerely doubt to you, ladies and gentlemen, I have a sincere doubt that there were any regime members inside the pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian protests that happened at the Capitol building this past week. They didn't need to have anybody in the crowd. They weren't trying to stoke violence. They were just trying to present to you a copy of a copy of a copy, a diminished version of January 6th, so that you will immediately fall into the Mark Levin version of reality, the Sean Hannity version of reality, where we call for an eye for an eye. See, this is hypocrisy. This doesn't, this is not fair. These people trying to take over the United States, and this can't stand. You're an idiot. Get off my show. No, you're the idiot. You're the idiot proposing the false Hegelian false choice copy of a copy proposing that this thing, this con- 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 conflagration of, of miscreants, of blue-haired losers standing side by side with uh, clitorectomized women, sorry, it's true, who covered from head to toe, who are there calling for Hamas to reign supreme in Gaza, which, of course, I oppose, and I'm sure you oppose as well. Hamas is a terrorist organization. It just so happens that Hamas is an invention, a creation of the policies of Israel, the tyrannical, draconian policies of Israel, the enslavement of people in the open-air prison, which is the Gaza Strip, millions of people, jobless, practically homeless, without water, without food, without prospects, can't go anywhere, can't do anything, and occasionally, you know, maimed, just for good sport. This is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be. Uh, When we come back, we're going to keep going around the world, because that's what we do on Fridays. So happy you're with me. I will be talking about Nick Fuentes and the state of Texas when we come back. I think you're going to be a little bit surprised at what's going on down there in the Lone Star State. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. A simmering civil war among Texas young Republicans has come to a boil this month. 
This is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. And this is still live talk radio the way it should be. Always on air, always online. Crusadechannel.com. You know, I, it, is, it is an absolute honor and pleasure, especially on Fridays as I look back. It's a lot of work preparing the show, getting it out to you, to the folks. And I love doing it. I really do. This is one of the passions that I look forward to every single morning. I love doing it. Very, very busy. You know, we got another child on the way. That makes number seven. Teaching, college level, classes in usury and accounting. Running two home services businesses. And just keeping up with life. But this is one of the things that I really, really love doing. And every now and then we we hit a story where I'm like, man, I'm so glad that I have this microphone and we can actually unpack this thing and apply some common sense to it, which we're about to do. Every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, this is what we do. This is how we do here on the Crusade Channel. And... Um, I can't wait to tell you. I have I have some big announcements for you folks. And I won't be able to tell them to you today. But once it's happening, we're well, let me just give you a hint. RTF South might be moving pretty far south for a period of time and it will be super super fascinating. I'm going to give you some cultural enrichment if and when that happens. So I look forward to making that announcement. Before you do anything else, before we get to the Nick Fuentes thing, I need you to understand that this portion of Paratalk is brought to you by the Epoch Times. Can you subscribe today? Watch their docufilm, No Farmers, No Food. You will eat the bugs. Subscribe today through the Crusade Channel for $1 for your first month by going to crusadechannel.com forward slash Epoch, E-P-O-C-H. A buck for a month. That's pretty darn good, if you ask me. Quote-unquote, white supremacist influencer Nick Fuentes is making waves down in the Lone Star State. He is a Holocaust denier who has fantasized on live streams about marrying a child. He took an hours-long meeting with a prominent conservative donor on October 6th, the Texas Tribune reported this month. News of the meeting set off a wave of accusations between factions of activist Republicans in the state. Now state lawmakers are condemning one of those factions as its members flee to a rival young Republicans group. Uh Uh-oh, what is happening here? Fuentes met for several hours with Jonathan Strickland. He was then president of the ultra-conservative Texas donor group Defend Liberty Texas. Also at the meeting was Kyle Rittenhouse. We know Kyle. We love Kyle Rittenhouse. He's the guy who, if you just randomly shoot into an Antifa crowd, you will very likely hit a child molester. In fact, you have a three out of three probability of doing so. Kyle Rittenhouse became a right-wing celebrity when he was acquitted of homicide charges for fatally shooting two Black Lives Matter protesters. Fuentes was driven to the appointment by Chris Russo, president of the group Texans for Strong Borders. Okay, what do we care? The meeting was not Fuentes' first encounter with well-connected Texas Republicans, some of the state's conservatives noted. This summer, the state's largest youth conservative organization underwent a schism 
after some members accused peers of being Fuentes fans. Look, it's undeniable, people. It's undeniable. And this is something that the that uh, there's a generational gap here that I think is hard for folks to understand. I straddle these generations. I am an old soul. I really am. I'm a cantankerous old man trapped in the millennial's body. Barely a millennial, by the way. I mean, if look, if you if if you actually use Napster to download Metallica, I'm not sure that you should be called a millennial. I'm not sure that you should be lumped in with the millennials. I don't think that's fair. But it is what it is. The cutoff for millennialism is 1980. Or at least that's my understanding of it anyway. And so being an old soul trapped in a gorgeous body, an absolutely <laughs> prime prime of my life, really, uh, has allowed me to understand the gulf, the growing gulf now between the old guard and the up-and-comers, the Zoomers. I am in touch with several, countless, on both sides of the fence of the um, genealogical fence. And here's what I am noticing. There is no doubt, and let me explain this to you, there is no doubt whatsoever that the youth are prepared to reject this Hegelian dialectic, that they are immune to it, that they see right through it. I can't explain it to you. I don't exactly know why, but I think it has something to do with the fact that young people are more tech savvy, and so they know when they're being sold to. They know when uh, they're, they know how to scroll past the advertisements the sponsored search results, if you will, and get to the heart of the matter. They just know. They know when someone's being fake. They know when someone is selling them something. And they're not falling for it. I'm only speaking now of the right wing of today's youth, of the Zoomers. What's a Zoomer? I have no idea. It's a 20-something-year-old or an 18-year-old. Somebody who is politically aware, politically excited, who wants to do something, who sees the problems in the country and isn't quite ready to capitulate to the woke PC agenda. They're willing to consider ideas (laughs) that are unpopular. They're willing to challenge the historical narratives And they are influenced, by and large, by this young man named Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes met with Trump, and it was national news, and it was an outcry. Milo was there. Ye was there. Kanye. But the fact that Nick Fuentes was there was the news. In August, Texas Young Republican Federation voted to disassociate from the Republican Party of Texas over what the TYRF, Texas Young Republicans Federation, claimed were troll tactics by RPT Chair 
Matt Rinaldi. The Young Republicans group accused Rinaldi of initiating a smear campaign against their leader, whom Rinaldi mocked for making a video in 2020 stating that black lives matter. Rinaldi was in the same building as Fuentes during the Strickland meeting, but has said he did not attend the meeting and that he condemns Fuentes. During that breakup, some smaller youth Republican groups also broke from TYRF. Some of that divide was due to members of splinter groups promoting far-right or openly neo-Nazi content, including posts praising Fuentes, writer Amanda Moore reported last week. Quote, among the concerns were a YRT leader who, quote, openly affiliates with anti-Semites online, as well as other prominent members who is a public supporter of Adolf Hitler. Those splinter groups formed their own rival Young Conservative Coalition called the Young Republicans of Texas, YRT, which cast itself as the more MAGA alternative to the TYRF. Neither the TYRF nor the YRT returned requests for comment. Of course they didn't. That's because you didn't give them any time for comment. This is a typical reporter smear campaign uh, tactic. This is what Nazi Niles did to me. She would email me at, like, noon and say, uh, I need a comment by 5 p.m. I'm like, hey, Saigon Karen, I'm working. I'm busy. I'm not going to drop everything for your stupid fake news story on your hate blog. But after Fuentes' meeting with Strickland, some of Texas Republicans' brass is revisiting YRT's ties to the white supremacist internet personality. In a Wednesday letter to Rinaldi... Two members of the Texas Executive Committee urged the state party to distance itself from the ascendant YRT. Quote, because it has become clear that the YRT has actively recruited and embraced into its leadership individuals who support self-avowed neo-Nazi white supremacists, the Republican Party of Texas must separate from this group, as they do not represent the core values of the Republican Party of Texas, the letter read. I would hesitate to ask you out loud, because I don't know that any of you could really um, answer this question, what are the core values of the Republican Party of Texas? What are they? I'll wait. I'll wait in radio silence. I'll commit the crime that you're never supposed to commit on live radio. I'll just have dead, dead time. I will patiently sit here and wait for somebody from the Republican Party of Texas to answer my question. What are your core values? What do you stand for? This is a state that has long time had a supermajority and a very pro-life and good, friendly governor who still can't get rid of abortion, who still can't do the things that they're supposed to do. They had to wait for the state of Missouri to end abortion. In the state of Mississippi, they had to wait for other states to challenge things in federal court and to go all the way to the Supreme Court and overturn Roe v. Wade. Meanwhile, Texas just was a bystander state to the whole affair. Yes, I know that Texas did some good stuff. I'm just telling you, Texas is being overrun right now. The demographic is changing. Ted Cruz won the state by one and a half points. Maybe two points. It was a squeaker. 
Beto O'Rourke will be the next senator of, from the great state of Texas. And that's going to be a sad day, ladies and gentlemen. And that's happening soon. So what does the Republican Party of Texas actually stand for? What is your plan, Texans? I say this as a Texan. I say this as someone who owns property in Texas. Went to school in Texas. Has a lot of friends in Texas. What is your plan besides condemning and punching right? You never punch right. That needs to be one of our one of our uh, one of our rules, really. One of our operating principles needs to be: we don't punch right. May not agree, may not be your thing. Fine, Adolf Hitler's not your thing. That's fine. What do you get out of punching right? You think you're going to get endearment from the middle, from the left? You think they're going to cooperate with you? You think they're going to congratulate you? All you do is make yourself weaker. That's all you do. Among the executive committee members concerned were a YRT leader who, quote, openly affiliates with anti-Semites online, as well as another prominent member who, quote, is a public supporter of Adolf Hitler making public statements such as National Cold Brew Day and Hitler's birthday. It's a great day indeed. And I'm anti-Semitic, end quote. At least two YRT chapters also dropped out of the organization after the Fuentes meeting and encouraged the state Republican Party to cut ties with YRT. The Gulf Coast and rural young Republicans groups issued a joint statement last Thursday announcing their departure from YRT, alleging that, quote, mismanagement and untruthfulness plagued the new organization from the outset. Allegations were made that the new, Repo- that the new organization contained several members that do not reflect our values or the Republican Party of Texas values, the two groups wrote. Initially, we dismissed this concern as a concerned smear effort with subsequent reporting revealed that our chapters were misled and that these members were in fact involved. Knowing this, our chapters have decided to disassociate from young Republicans of Texas. In addition to disqualifying disaffiliating from the young Republicans of Texas, we encourage the SREC to consider eliminating partnership auxiliary status for youth organizations. The two now XYRT groups are working to join TYRF, according to the TYRF's chair. And in their letter to Rinaldi, the two executive committee members said that Republicans had heard troubling allegations against YRT members but moved ahead with the partnership. It's all troubling, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's, it's all very, very, very troubling. Quote, those concerns were not given full weight, and now YRT itself admits that many of us suspected all along the ranks of YRT are infested with avowed anti-Semites and neo-Nazi sympathizers. End quote. Let me let me fill you in on what all of this means. There is a generational divide here, and it is uh, caused in part by the technology gap between the boomer GOP 
and the Zoomer GOP, as well as just the life experience gap. You know, listen, I and again, I boomer boomerism is a mindset. It's not a generational thing, but there are certain core experiences that boomers have had that the rest of us just ha- just don't share. We just don't share those things. We have never been told to hide under our desk, for example. Being told that a three-quarter inch piece of plywood would protect us from a nuclear fallout. Boomers did that. They were told to hide under their desks, and they did. They did that. They hid under their desks for nuclear fallout drills that happened all around the country at a time when fear-mongering over the Soviets was a useful tool for politicians. If you have not had the blind fear of nuclear fallout instilled into you at a young and impressionable age, it's very hard to adopt a boomer mindset. These people do really, really, in their, in their core, believe that there are good, wholesome, Republican values that can correct the course of these United States. And they're clinging to that fantasy. Zoomers, on the other hand, have grown up on Wikipedia in an information age. They have grown up on alternative media, which is exactly what this show is. This platform, the Crusade Channel itself, is alternative media. This is a news organization that doesn't pull punches. It doesn't censor the truth. It doesn't temper our language. It tells you what you what we really think. It's a strong glass of whiskey. Neat. Not shaken. No ice. Not even a drop of water. And that's why you listen. But I'm here to tell you that the younger Zoomer GOP members are saying, look, we either take a page out of Franco's playbook or Mussolini's or the Austrian painters or it's all over with. Their reading of history is that you cannot vote your way out of insanity after a certain point. They believe that we have already crossed the Rubicon and that there is no real political solution. Their purpose now is to run and mainstream and popularize alt-right figures. Guys like Malay in Argentina. The purpose now is to be able to, in plain view, in plain sight, in full public view, say things that were impossible to even fathom just a short generation ago. To question the narratives of the popular myths that we are told. To pacify us and to convince us that the world 
order the way it is now exists for our own good, for our own benefit. And I have to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the 20-year-old political class, the 25-year-old political class, they don't subscribe to the mythology of the two world superpowers, the struggle. They look at Vietnam from a, with a historical perspective. They look at the Korean War. They look at World War II with a critical eye. They look at society today. They look at our culture. And they see it for what it is. Now, not all of them see it through the lens of traditional Catholicism. Some of them merely see it through the lens of, um, you know, libertarianism, ultra right wing, neo sort of neo anarchism. But there is a coalition of people who are younger, who are awake, who are paying attention, who are consuming a whole lot of alternative media, who are willing and able to join the ranks. And what you are witnessing is that the those who are in power, the 40-year-old, the 50-year-old, the 60-year-old political class, want no part of it. They want to disavow, and they are deathly afraid of what it means to embrace these young people. And this is not a recipe for, uh, for winning. You can't cut off your uh, pipeline of young blood merely because you think that people are going to make fun of you or call you names if you don't. If there's one thing Donald Trump should have taught the Republican Party, it is do not capitulate to the name-calling. Let them call you names. Let them try to cancel you. They can't cancel everybody. I believe cancel culture is coming to an end. And it's not because we're winning against the woke. No, we're losing. The wokeness is taking over. It's It, it dominates our political discussions. It dominates our media class, universities. The professors are all woke. We're not winning or beating it back. It's just that the cancel culture portion of it, the ability to cancel people's lives and livelihoods, is diminishing. Too many people now are willing to fight back. Too many people now are saying, you know what, go ahead and cancel me. I don't care anymore. They cannot cancel us all. And that's one of the arguments that the groipers, these are people who follow Nick Fuentes, are making. Now, is Nick Fuentes a net good? Is he a uh, positive in all things? No, I, I am not giving you an unqualified endorsement of Nick Fuentes. I think some of the things that he says are deranged, and I think he's personally deranged and perverted. I think there's plenty of evidence about that that is out there. If you want to see it, you can find it. If you don't want to see it, that's fine too. Nevertheless, what he represents is a generational shift towards the right in an unprecedented way in this country that we have never seen before. 
And as I told you in the first segment when we were talking about Argentina, when we were talking about what happens to a society that is in steep decline, people will be looking for alternatives. They will be open-minded to alternatives that they never thought that they were open to before. And I believe that this young generation of right-wingers characterized by, epitomized by Nick Fuentes are going to capitalize on that fleeting opportunity, if and when it comes, much better than the Mike Pence or Nikki Haley class can ever dream of. Final thought. I do think that Donald Trump has a sense of this. He is a media guy. He knows how to read the room. He understands. He has his finger on the pulse of the nation like you can't even believe. Look for Donald Trump to potentially reach out to and have inroads with this group of people in a very subtle way. He doesn't want to be called an anti-Semite. He doesn't want to be called a Hitlerite. And he loves Israel too. He really does. So he's not going to be extremely compatible with these people. But he's going to find a way to reach out to the Groypers again, like he did before in Charlottesville. And he is going to find a way to energize them because he knows that he's going to need them on his side uh, when, when, it, when it comes down to counting votes. You know, to the extent that votes are counted in this country. I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening. This is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Your favorite 10 a.m. Central Standard Time show here on the Crusade Channel. Have a great weekend. God bless you. Go outside. Look at the leaves turning. Breathe the crisp fall air. And, um, I don't know, just try to enjoy freedom for one more day before the great war to end all wars begins. God bless you. Thank you for listening, and I will see you on Monday. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com